it comes back to that thing we talked about at the beginning about sort of the collective shared goal that, you know, there will always be people that don't want to cooperate, but I think that's okay. We can't solve it for everyone. What we can do is bring passion and a smile and a positive conversation and, and understanding and engagement to try and bring those people in. Hi, Louis here. Glad that you're also sticking by. Today on Swapping Shoes, I had the honor to talk with Chris Grant all the way from Glasgow, Scotland. Chris is an old-school parkourist and current development manager of Parkour UK. His work transcends jumps and his experience is being driven to push parkour forward. One more time, bringing a really important and informative conversation. I hope that you enjoy it. So, this is Swapping Shoes with Chris Grant. Hello, Chris Grant. Welcome to Swapping Shoes. How are you doing, man? Hello, hello. Good to meet you, man. Thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure, man. A pleasure. I think we have a lot to talk about. Probably too much. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I've been going... The first goal of Swapping Shoes was to make this short podcast that people could just listen on their way to training or to work or to university. But the last episodes are all over one hour long. Yeah. Uh, no pressure here, okay? We take as long as we need to yeah, talk yeah, what no we want to talk. <laughs> okay. So how how are you going, man? How's life going? Life is good, man. Just um, Scotland is slowly coming out of lockdown, just like the rest of the world. So um, been back to the gym, been back to training. Um, it's still pretty rainy here, but summer in Scotland is like two weeks long. So, <laughs> so yeah, things things are good. Um, definitely after a very strange year. Yeah. How about you? How's Portugal? Sunny, warm? Yes, sunny and warm, man. It oh, feels man. like summer already. It's uh, 24 degrees now, the max every day. Nice. Um, quite sunny. And it is impossible to believe the forecast. They always say it's going to rain. And then we're like, okay, so today I'm going to have a productive day at home, you know, just do some stuff on the computer. <laughs> Never works out because the weather is good. So I'm outside on the street. Here's like that. Here's like a, the opposite of that completely. <laughs> it says it's going to be sunny and then it's like eight degrees rain. We had snow oh. on Mon uh, Saturday. There was snow. Oh my gosh. For, just for like 20 minutes and then it just went back to sunny. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Snow in May. It's crazy. Scotland. Scotland. Um, we never met in real life, have we? I don't think so. That's what I was trying to think about. It's, there's, there's so many people that have been around for so long and it's hard to tell, but I don't think we've ever crossed paths yet. 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 Uh, for how long have you been training? When did you start? Tell me a little bit about your, your story in parkour. How did you yeah. get into it? The Chris Grant life story. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Yeah, so I started Parker just after Jump London, so two, late 2004, early 2005. Um, and about two weeks after I started, they were filming Jump Britain in Scotland. So mm. I met Seb on like my second ever training session, wow. which was really cool. Um, and obviously, like we were terrible. If you, There's quite a lot of footage in Jump Britain of the... The Scottish stuff, which is quite funny now to look back at. So I did that and then um, pretty much just started training from there almost every day. Um, and as the Scottish community grew, um, I sort of looked after like the forums and stuff. I heard you talking on another podcast, maybe with Scott Bass, about 
forums. I was one of those forum guys like Scott. <laughs> I was arguing about everything, making sure everyone knew who I was. Yeah, so been back from that generation. And then 2007 or 8, I launched Glasgow Parker Coaching and sort mm-hmm. of moved into Parker Coaching for about seven or eight years. So I was doing that sort of full time uh, until about 2014, which is where our connection with Callum is as well. Mm-hmm. So mm. Callum Johnston was was one of the guys that sort of trained with trained with us and did some coaching with me. So um, he told me great things about you, man. Oh, I hope you so. You have a really strong reputation to keep up. I know, <laughs> I know. It's terrible, terrible. I've got to try my best <laughs> to keep all the lies hidden. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, Callum's a good guy. He's um, yeah, he's he's full of enthusiasm. He's got lots to talk about. So actually, he was the first. Uh, one of swapping shoes that I listened to. So I was speaking to oh. Giles Motus from Motus a few weeks ago, and he put me on to your podcast. I had there's so many Parker podcasts now, and I had not too many. Yeah, and I hadn't heard you one. So when I started scrolling, I I didn't know Callum had been on it. So I listened to that first. So so I guess that's the kind of short story. Like I've been around for a while. I'm nearly forty now, so I'm an old Parker Ooh. guy. Um, I'm not training as much as I used to, you know, day to day, but obviously still very involved in the parkour community. And I think the my sort of busy years when I was running Glasgow Parkour Coaching were just, yeah, coaching every day all over the world, which was ace. And so I've been around the block, but actually probably been a little bit sort of quiet just in my corner doing my thing the whole time. Yeah, well, <laughs> well that's good. That's good. You're still coaching? Not very often now, once in a while. So I don't do any sort of week-to-week coaching. Um, there's a couple of projects that I've done over the last few years in the Caribbean. So, obviously, if I get asked to go back over there, I tend to say yes. But, um, <laughs> yeah, week-to-week week now, not coaching so much. Um, you know, I've just been focusing on other things the last few years, but still well involved in the Parker community, fortunately, with Parker UK. So I've got, like, the world's only Parker office job, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a there's a feel. There's more than we think, actually. Mm-hmm. But before we get into it, um, how, how is this thing you said you had some projects in the Caribbean? You told me briefly about your project yeah. in Jamaica. Yeah, so it, there was a project that I did in Scotland in 2000 and, I don't know, 12 or 13 um, with the National Theatre of Scotland. So in, in Scotland, there's been a lot of work with parkour and the arts. So not necessarily like big stage show performance projects, but more like community arts projects. So we would go to like a challenging community in Scotland and try and engage with the young people, find ways to work with them and then use parkour and theatre and music to help them tell their stories to the communities they lived in. Mm -hmm. So that was really successful in Glasgow. And then we hosted the Commonwealth Games in 2014 which is like all mm-hmm. the countries that used to be connected to Britain. So all the Caribbean countries were here. And there was a company from Jamaica that just, they heard about the project that we'd been doing in Glasgow and they said, would you like to come to Jamaica and do it? Wow. As you can imagine, the answer was yes. So <laughs> so I worked with National Theatre of Scotland and the British Council from about 2014. Um, we went to Jamaica maybe two times a year and worked with a company over there. So we worked with like a group of about 30 young people um, really interesting in some really challenging deprived communities um, engaged with those guys connected them up with some of the local like youth work and community work projects 
And basically, we've been going back and forward ever since. Um, and the project has also now happened in Trinidad. So, um, yeah, that's that's really been the focus of my work the last few years because it's not a full-time thing. I can just go and do it when I have the time. And each of those projects had a theatre show and has now had a film made about it as well. The films aren't live yet, but um, I think I maybe sent you a link so you can watch the film at some point as well. Um, I think that would be very good to yeah. have a film so the community gets to know a little bit yeah. of this. So it, it, it is, you said it's like a theatre show, but part of the theatre show, the performance is you're going there and through coaching and through the education of parkour, you get the kids, uh, the interested people yeah. to tell their story using parkour, right? 100%. And it's not, it's not your typical theatre kids, <laughs> actually, mm-hmm. you know. Actually, yeah. that's the poster there from the film Run for yeah it. I've got I've even got the t-shirt on. that was that was a coincidence mm. I have the t-shirt on. <laughs> so th- yeah th- so there's been there's been a film about Jamaica and about Trinidad um the the films played at a couple of festivals in the Caribbean but they're not live online yet um a few parkour people have seen it um and I'm happy to share it with people sort of privately the reason it's not live yet is because it was made by a proper production company and I think they're looking to mm-hmm. have it commissioned and maybe get it on sort of bigger platforms but um yeah. if people want a sneak preview or to see some excerpts of it i'm always happy to share so what it yeah. would be very and it's cool and you know it's it's not a it, it's a documentary about these young people you know it's not a parkour movie it's not a theater movie but it sort of charts the journey of how parkour shaped their involvement in all of these other things so parkour was the tool at the center of all that work um you know, mm-hmm. and the, the Jamaicans even brought the show to Scotland, which was amazing. So I think that was 2018 they came to Scotland. Um, and some of, some mm-hmm. of these guys had, like, never been on a plane, you know, and they travelled a long oh. way from Jamaica to cold Scotland. That's sick. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I keep coming back to the point that uh, we are so rely, reliant, if that's a word, we rely so much on the big big parkour teams and brands on YouTube yeah. and on uh, merchandising, like t-shirts, products like this apparel. But we keep overlooking, not that we're not overlooking because it's the biggest marketing parkour, but I feel like we, we pay too little attention to what I think that is the most uh, sustainable and the strongest, best tool that parkour has for a market economy and individually or socially is education, man. Yeah, 100%. Parkour, yeah. Ed, parkour is, is such a great tool for education. And you who coached for many years and you have this project and now you also have Parkour UK, don't you feel like we could focus more on parkour in the sense of using this as one more subject for education for kids or for people? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what you've said last there is key is it's not just about people going to parkour classes, right? That's cool. Mm-hmm. And there are lots of people making making a living from that. You know, there's plenty of gyms around the world, but actually parkour is, as, a, as a wider tool as part of education to get people thinking well, to get them confident, to get them happy and strong. All of those things, I think, are actually the most important tool, you know, and I think... What tends to happen with those type of projects is they don't get as much of attention, mm-hmm. right? So we don't hear about them. You know, like I've been going to Jamaica and Trinidad for 
seven years, right? But we don't, it's not an Instagram. A lot of the young people that we're working with, it's not appropriate to show video footage of them, right? Because they're they're from challenged communities. It's probably not as glamorous to watch. Yeah. Um, and they might not do parkour every day or train parkour actively now, but the the skills and the qualities that they have learned about how to approach challenge is going to stay with them, right? Yeah. And that's what that for me. That's where the value is because those guys in Jamaica, you know. They they would probably train for like short periods of time regularly when we visited and then maybe for a few weeks afterwards. Mm-hmm. But what you can see in the film and what you'll see if, if you see any interviews with them is they talk about how they are, they are now better at facing challenge, right? Or they're more confident or they can be more patient when something's difficult. You know, they're, they're learning all of those tools that we know yeah. are really good in Parker. Yeah. yeah, it's things that the school won't teach and... It's like a kind of like a, a hack into growing up, into yeah. to like facing life. Because we can always say this, oh, my parkour is great for me because it teaches me how to work on my mind, to break challenges and to face problems. And of course, this can be very much of a speci- speciality for the only domain of parkour. But I think that if we coach this in a way that this can be applied to real life, it's a, it's a great tool, man, and we can explore 100%. this, and we can use this actually as the center of our economy. Don't you believe that? I think that we could actually focus on parkour economy uh, because this is a, like a major topic right now. Yeah. Um, not only financial economy in a way of like a social government governmental uh, yeah. institution. Having education as the the like the connecting block for all of it. Yeah. And I think the, the, the challenge or the question to answer is how do you, we can't expect everyone that does parkour and those sorts of projects to keep doing parkour, right? So they might, it might be like a short term intervention. And actually, that's okay. I think, I think that the, the parkour community is quite, um, quite protective of the fact that once you train, you should always train, you know, and, and yeah. there's a bit of an expectation that you, once you start parkour, you will do it forever in the sense that you will train two, three days a week, you'll keep getting better. But actually, mm-hmm. the transformation that someone can go through in eight or nine weeks, the question is, can you present that to people to say, look, let me spend 10, 12 weeks with these people but you tell me that the outcome you want from them is you want them to be more engaged in school, maybe. Mm-hmm. You want them to be more confident about looking for work. You want them to understand their their skills and their personality. We can do that with Parker in 12 weeks and then we can hand them back and that's okay. <laughs> you know, it doesn't need to be that they come to Parker class for 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, but, and in terms of the economy, I think, you know, there's been a few conversations on various podcasts about that that the 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 coaching economy in terms of work is quite hard to sustain Mm -hmm. but I think what you can do is demonstrate parkour as a tool and then put it in lots of different places and I guess to some extent that's been a lot of my work now really is is using parkour for other things you know I am when I stopped coaching parkour Mm full-time I became a youth worker in a high school Mm -hmm. but other than like using parkour to engage with young people, I'd never done anything like that. I managed mm-hmm. to get into this job. And the first day 
I turned up, I had some really interesting young people, and then I realised, wait, this isn't a gym hall, I don't have my joggers, mm -hmm. I don't have, you know, that the parkour, parkour tool to engage, but then I started thinking about, well, what are we getting from parkour? We're getting fun, we're getting, using our bodies, we're uh, looking positively on everything, mm -hmm. and you realise that parkour people are very good at teaching those skills, even if they don't use parkour to do it. Yeah. So I think that for me is like, it's hard to unlock that, but I think we all know that's in there. Yeah, you know? yeah, man, it's true for sure, for sure. And this this uh, inner communication, I think this this will all come down to inner communication because as parkour is a very individual sport. Um, yeah. When you engage with parkour, you understand that it's all up to you to to decide what is your next step or to yeah. find your challenge and to break through the challenge. And you do this by talking to yourself, to reflecting, to feeling your thoughts, your feelings, and um, just kind of planning ahead, facing your challenges. And yeah, and I think it's a great, great tool. But it's, it's important that we find a sustainable way through coaching. It's, it's shaming sure. that it's not there yet. Uh, not yeah. only by gyms and academies, because I think that um, this is just a tiny little part of the whole coaching uh, market. Yeah. But it can be, it can, it 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 should be uh, possible that all of us interested in coaching and passionate and willing to coach that we make uh, a proper living by spreading um, the parkour as a tool, right? Exactly, yeah. And it's really hard. I think part of the answer to it is that the... Um, so I think the, the coaching community in a lot of ways, particularly maybe five or ten years ago, really operated like in its own box, mm -hmm. right? So there's lots of coaching and there's lots of gyms out there that maybe have no connection to like the, the content creators yeah. or the influencers, you know, like maybe Storer over here and uh, one of the, the gyms in London are over here and they don't connect. And I think part of the answer is to, like you said, to look wider than just the classes, but actually to think about, like, the community is really multifaceted and we need to do a better job of working together. Mm -hmm. So you could argue that someone like Storer are communicating a lot of those same skills in their videos when they talk about their approach to jumps. So there's an element of coaching and learning to that as well. There is, right? definitely. But, it, but I think at the moment, it tends to be one or the other. Yeah. And then you, I guess you've got people like Flynn Disney who are sort of operating in this other space now where what they've learned from parkour is about how to learn. And so Flynn's doing all these very mm -hmm. personal interventions with his online groups and some sort of very detailed, deep coaching. But I think... We're in a really good place now where that's all starting to grow. And the question is, how do we make it all intersect? Yes. How does it move across? Yeah. So that we all know each other and we all... Respect is the wrong word because I think we respect each other. But we all have a good understanding of how everyone's different approaches actually really lead to the same thing, which is yes. more people doing parkour. We're missing this unity. I, I keep telling, I had this conversation yesterday with Caio. Uh, I feel like we're missing this collective goal, this group goal, yeah. or at least a few uh, federations or associations that are able 
to connect with the content creators, influencers, coaches, and yeah. uh, aspires, uh, practitioners, day-to-day -day hobby. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like, I don't think that we have to all work together and work in the same thing, but I feel like we should all um, understand the difference and understand the, the value of each one of them. Because as you said, man, what story does in the, the, the story team uh, does in their videos is basically coach <laughs> yeah. but in a different yeah. side of the spectrum like but their, their communication with the crowd is pretty much uh, coaching and here comes parkour uk do you think that parkour <laughs> uk can get there and can be this this uh, catalyzer yeah so i guess that's the goal right so i think that it feels to me and I was listening to Scott Bass's podcast this morning and he was talking about how there's this sort of maybe third or fourth wave of momentum coming with parkour. And it feels to me like there is more crossover coming between those different mm -hmm. sort of communities that I don't feel like there's maybe the same degree of debate or conflict that there used to yeah. be, which was quite fun as well, <laughs> but it's not there now, right? Um, and so Parker UK... Where we're at now compared to even four or five years ago is completely different, right? So I started the job in September along with my colleague Omar Jackson, who's a parkour guy in London. Mm -hmm. Shout out, Omar. <laughs> um, and Dan Newton, who's the CEO. So he's he's from like a sports background. So Parker UK, for the first time, has money in the bank to pay salaries, right? So we are we're getting paid to do this work and make it move. And Parker UK is almost now in this second wave where... Up until probably about 2018, Parker UK was really focused on this sport recognition piece, which mm -hmm. was really important, and a little bit on the coaching qualifications, but actually they served quite a small part of the community. Yeah. Now, we want to understand all of those other pieces, right, and, and think about how do we support that. And what's cool about that for me is that we don't know, right? Mm. Like, I'm excited by the fact that we don't know, because I think... The only way to get an answer is to ask everyone, you know, and I think so like the last few weeks I've been speaking to quite a lot of the the sort of content creator, people like Callum Powell and Giles. And what we're really interested in doing over the next probably for the rest of this year is a sort of insight report on that side of the community. Right. So what, what we call it in Parker UK is the unstructured community. Mm -hmm. Right. So the structured community is like that the coaching in gyms that you would recognize in any other sport. So there are coaches, they've got venues, they teach people, a hundred people turn up every Saturday, you do your classes, we support them with insurance and qualifications and that's cool, we're getting better at that. But actually, you know as well as I do, that's quite a small proportion of the community, yes, right? Definitely. So the big question that we are starting to ask now is, what, what does a national governing body do for people like Jimmy the Giant, right? I don't know, but that's really exciting, right? So how do we, what can we do to drive the momentum and the economy around all of those other parts of the community and get them speaking to each other? Mm. So I've, I've got more questions than answers at this point, but <laughs> it's interesting, right? And, and we, the conversations that I've had so far, They've thrown up some interesting ideas. I think there's some cool stuff around like, can we can we sort of 
just define the economy a little bit better, right? So how much, just from a sort of financial perspective, how much money goes through parkour in the UK in a year, Ooh. right? So from Storer right the way down to like the one guy coaching in London, what mm. does that economy look like? Because other lifestyle sports like skateboarding and surfing, they, they sort of know the answers to those questions, right? Mm -hmm. They know that there's a big economy around the brands. They know that there's computer games. They know that there's films. And it would be interesting to just be able to to have that picture. I've talked a lot. Yeah. I'll shut no, up. No, 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 no. It's great. It's <laughs> no, really good. Yeah. I think that this is the yeah. thing, man. The proposing these questions are is the answer for now. Yeah. And maybe making yeah. like some big survey online in like one of these Google uh, links that people send. Can you just answer to these? Uh, so we've, uh, we've, <laughs> so, we've sort of started that. So we have a... We've commissioned someone outside of parkour to work with a few parkour people to to have quite long, in-depth conversations with some people from that unstructured community. So I think we've identified about 20 people. So people like Storer, uh, Katie McDonnell, like those sorts of people, to start having conversations with them and understand a bit more about how they work and then be able to look at that as a big picture, mm -hmm. work out where that intersects with like some of the other parts of the parkour community. But then also there's an interesting thing in there about sort of um, capturing and defining what all the jobs are. So not, not to be in charge of it, but to be able to say like, this is what a content creator looks like. This is what a parkour brand looks like that makes clothes, you know? And, and actually the answer will be that a lot of those guys do all of those things. Yes, right? it's true. So, and I think that we, if we're in a position to spend a little bit of money understanding that, and, and we've been fortunate that so far everyone that we've managed to get hold of seems pretty um, enthusiastic about participating in these conversations, I think once we do that, it, it gives a lot of credibility to start making ideas of what we can do to help. Yeah. So rather than just speak to one brand and say, what can we do to help you, we take that whole picture and we build it up and we spend some of the money that we've got, which is great, into building this big picture in the UK and then starting to make the wheels turn faster, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it's really exciting. It's it's so cool to be to be sort of looking down on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know? It's really yeah. good. I understand. But the, there's uh, a few a few uh, obstacles on the way. Uh, one of them is that, as you mentioned, uh, there's the unstructured side of the community and I feel like there's this huge part of the parkour world that is not interested in institutionalization they do parkour yeah. for hobby for freedom because it's different from any other activity that they practice before and that it feels like like for example like skateboarding that they can just go outside and practice as they want they don't have to feel like there is something above them controlling what they do and I yeah. feel like this is this might be one of the biggest obstacles in reaching the whole community, right? How how can you communicate to this side of the community saying that this is not changing? Because I know that this is not going to change. Anyone's training outside can just improve. So this is one question. And uh, I, I have to write down the other question before I forget. Write it down before I start speaking then. And the other question is, I'm going to write here, is... What what is that that we need that the community needs? You know the answer to the first question is 
it needs to happen one conversation at a time, I think, right? Parker UK doesn't have a, 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 a reputation in the community in terms of engagement, particularly. If anything, some of the community, like you said, are quite sceptical about the roles of, mm-hmm. of governing bodies. I hate the word governing. I heard Adam Cozy say something very similar. Govern is the wrong word. It's the official word that gets us recognised. But for me, Parker UK is a community organisation, right? Yes. So my, my background... My background outside of parkour is community development and youth work, right? So what you do in community development is you you step back, you remove all of your opinion and your passion, and you look at the whole of the community and you don't judge anyone, and you start to work out how you can help all of those different people move what they're doing forward. Mm-hmm. We don't need to get the credit. We're happy to be <laughs> behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have a platform like Storer and Motus do and we don't need it. But I think what we really want to try and communicate to people is we can help drive all of the things that you're trying to do. And the benefit that we get from it is that the parkour world grows, right? Mm -hmm. We don't need, you know, we're we're not a business that has to generate profit other than to keep the business running. You know, we don't have to generate any money. Right now, Sport England are paying for all of our jobs but that's not going to continue forever right you know so so we will start to have to generate some economy but for us it's not about making rules it's about raising awareness and a little bit like cozy said it's about offering that like really low baseline of structure that just allows people to move a bit quicker right so if you imagine let me try and give you an example of an idea so someone like um rachel goff from Mm -hmm. Motus, right? Rachel's uh, clearly an amazing athlete. She's quite new into the scene. Um, She's fairly young, so she's probably not worked a lot of different jobs, Mm -hmm. right? If she could start Parker and join Parker UK and immediately have a toolkit that says, here are all of the pieces of paper that you might need in your conversations with sponsors or the media. So here's an example of how to be cautious around sponsors. Here's the risk assessments that you'll need. If you're going to make a film and they ask for insurance, here's the insurance. Um, One of the other things that we talked about is can Parker UK set what we think is the minimum pricing that athletes should get paid, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's what equity, who are the actors union, that's what they do, right? So equity exists to protect people to make sure that when they start to build a career they have all the tools that they need and they have a sort of support system that has credibility right Mm -hmm. because we all know and I'm sure you've had this experience of being offered uh, sort of what seem like interesting projects but actually they're just taking your time from you and your expertise and you get nothing in return yes and then you can't build I went through this last week Exactly, right. Whereas I'd love someone like Rachel or, or anyone coming into the sport, at, you know, straight out of school who's 18, 19, to understand that there is actually a structure in place for them to start working safely and securely and with support, right? Yeah. So we want to do things like that. What that is not about is about telling other people they can't do the work, right? So mm-hmm. it's about us kind of collectively agreeing with the community what we think are the basic standards, you know, and we're not the police. We can't uphold those standards. But 
someone that's new to parkour, if they get a phone call from a television channel, can say, yep, I'm happy to come and work for you, but I'm a member of the national governing body and they, they've got guidance around minimum standards of pay, they can provide the insurance, they can make sure that you don't have to do 15-hour days, you yes. know, that yes. sort of stuff, I think would be really interesting to explore, you know. Yes, nice, man. Yes, I like it. I think that's what yeah. we need. We don't need we don't need so much more to be working for like a for example an example of course we're super grateful for all of the stunt companies but there's there's got to be a point that uh, movie directors and producers when they want parkour people they will not hire um, a stunt they can just go and let me see who is the parkour person who is yeah <laughs> or for, yeah. for all sorts of things like this but the th the question is how can we make this work like how can we get enough money into the 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 institution that will keep it sustainable so we can provide for the new coming athletes that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think um th there's no easy answer to that right but i think the first thing for me is at the moment and i think our focus for the next year is just to get the the collective voice to be much bigger so that we can have that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I think in terms of Parker UK being sustainable, I think that we will always be able to access money from government funds if we can demonstrate that we are building good people, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So all of the projects that I've done in Jamaica and uh, in the UK and in Scotland and in Glasgow, most of those have been funded by arts funding or sports funding you know they're not necessarily commercial projects mm. and I think if Parker UK can say actually people like content creators are sports people what they're doing is they're bringing people into sport so not in a traditional sense but actually some of the money that's coming from say like I don't know the Commonwealth Games or the Olympics or whatever some of that money should be spent on growing parkour in those ways as well it's not just about building more parks and paying more coaches it's about appreciating that everyone has a little piece in the puzzle mm -hmm. and so I think if we if we spend the next year sort of speaking to all of the different parts of the community we can put forward the really strong cases Parker UK to say look there are lots of careers and lots of types of jobs that drive participation in parkour it's mm -hmm. not just the people that are doing the teaching um, and then, you know, from our point of view in the long run, it would be cool maybe, I think, you know, at the moment people can pay membership fees to join parkour and they get things like insurance and, and discounts and qualifications. But I'd really like to get to the stage where our membership offering is really exciting for people. So like, I don't know, for £30 a year, maybe we could arrange it so that you get a discount across the top 10 parkour brands in the UK, mm -hmm. right? So you pay your £30, but over a year, when you buy a Storer hoodie and some Motors joggers and you pay for a film and you buy something from Pretty Parkour, you save a little bit of money, Yeah. right? But that's going to drive that economy, you know? So plus, I think... Plus like gyms also, so... Yeah. If you're a member yeah. of the Parkour UK, you pay six euros for an open gym session. If you're not, then... And that could be a thing. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, that's the model that sort of works in things like climbing, yeah. right? So, mm -hmm. or, you know, things like um, hill walking and kayaking, like those sort of sports, they tend to have really strong uptake in their membership. Mm -hmm. And it's because 
people are happy to contribute for there to be a real collective gain. And it's not it's not lots of money, right? We wouldn't as soon as it start the cost became a barrier, it's not gonna work. Right. Yeah. But you know, I can imagine in the same way that people do things like Patreons for Motus and they want to support the brand, if we can find a way to make sure that there's a benefit across the community and it keeps Parker UK running, that's one route. But I think for me the the real piece is can we add a bit more credibility to sub to the outside world mm-hmm. to some of these brands by saying, you know, a, co- a parkour content creator is a recognized job, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's a serious thing. It's important. It makes a difference in the world. You know, I think we can potentially tell that story. Maybe. Yes. yes. Plus, plus, uh, I, I also think that we don't talk enough about events and competitions. Yeah. I think that uh, there we get potential sponsors because if we have official events that happen uh, yearly and regularly, that there will be lots of parkour content creators making videos in those venues and in these special dates. Brands are going to be interested in just leaving their, their banners so they are, they are seen, you know? Yeah. And There's so much, right? And it, But this is what's cool about it, right? Is that we just don't know yet. You know, yeah. I think our first... Like I said, our first job this year is to try and, well, number one, I'm going to keep having conversations like this, yeah. right? You know, I've had I've had conversations like this online and offline. And I think for us to build trust in the, the wider community, we just need to meet people. You know, I, I've been doing parkour for, what, 17 years on and off. I promise I'm a nice man. <laughs> and I think, you know, but I, I'm a little bit disconnected from the community now, right? So we've just got a job to do around that. And I think... Parker UK in the past probably didn't find its place in that part of the community mm-hmm. because they were very focused on this sport recognition piece, which is important, but actually it's also alienated a lot of people. So for us now, we just want to hang out with everyone, yeah. right? You know, that's our incentive. We've got we've got at least another year of paid jobs in the organization. I'm confident that will continue, you know, and I want to see the money that's been put into giving me an amazing job. I want to see that 10x back into the community, right? <laughs> you know, if the money's spent on the three of us and the team developing the community, we want to know that that means something. It's not, I can go and get a job anywhere. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. I'm not worried about that, but I think we can see the value in it and we want to multiply it. So it's just about having those conversations. Cool. Nice, man. Very, very good. Looking forward to it. How about the, the, the qualification? This is also something that the community is really scared of. Like if, for yeah. example, I don't know how it is, the work with Parkour UK now, but if Parkour UK decides to make a qualification, would it be like a monopoly? Or because, for example, personal training, you don't have only mm-hmm. one certificate. You have all these different yeah. ones and people can choose what they do. And uh, if you're a customer... Um, If you're interested, you can see what is the qualification of the personal trainer that you're going to hire. And then you can see the the feedback and how the community accepts it. Uh, Parkour UK is interested in making one global one or uh, like a monopolized one that is the only one official? Mm. Or are you more interested in creating a standard that can just give a stamp of a Parkour UK kind of uh, uh, certificates this as one official parkour um, coaching? I, I think the long-term goal is to have 
I don't think there should be a monopoly on the qualifications. I think a marketplace is healthy, right? Mm-hmm. I think it drives the standard. I think mm-hmm. we're already starting to see that, right? So there's there's probably, what, four or five pretty well-recognised parkour qualifications, right? Parkour UK has their own mm-hmm. one. It started off working with ADAPT, and that's that split off about four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Currently, we are reviewing and redeveloping our qualifications because... Um, my opinion in terms of our qualifications is that they need to be reflective of the variety that you have in the workforce now, right? So parkour coaches now are not just mm-hmm. like you and me, right? There's also 50-year-old women and yeah. young people coaching and all. And I think our focus for our qualifications is to try and um, make sure they're legitimate and they're safe and everything else, but also that we can sort of make them a bit more accessible, so we are we are focused on that right now, but my mm-hmm. long term goal in maybe a year or two is that once we feel like our system is really strong and really well established, that we start talking about conversion courses. Right? So because it's mad that like mm-hmm. Ryan Ford has his Parker EDU qualifications. If he comes to the UK, he has to find insurance again, right? Like it's not recognised. And adapt is mm. adapt is separate from Parker UK. And so I think the separation is okay because people can do different things, but we do need to find a way in the long term to start to bring it back together. And I think, again, Parker UK can be a really important part of that. Um, it's Again, it's a little bit like Adam Cozy said. I think there's something about letting a few different types of qualifications exist so that people can choose. And that our role in the UK can be to sort mm-hmm. of monitor those foundational safety standards or create conversion courses, right? So say you have you have ADAPT and you did that mm-hmm. in Portugal. You can come to the UK, you can do like a one-day conversion course where we've agreed with ADAPT that there are some materials that need to cross over. So we deliver like a one-day conversion course mm-hmm. and then that means that you can access Parker UK's membership and insurance and all that sort of stuff. So we need to have standards, oh. but I don't want us to lock people out I think that's really important so there there will be a period where yeah, yeah. there are these things do exist separately but I think the long term aspiration is probably to try and find ways to, to have cooperation between the different qualifications for me that feels more it feels more fair and diverse than having a monopoly I think a monopoly is probably a mistake because there are so you know yeah, there yeah, are yeah. so many different styles of coaching yeah. And also yeah. too liberal is not a good idea. If it's just too free, it's not going to work out because then someone who has no yeah. background interest, they cannot they cannot yeah. uh, fit the standards of the community. Um, they can just come and they see the potential of parkour economy and coaching. And it's like, okay, uh, we are some <laughs> rich Instagrammers who do fitness workouts. And we heard that parkour is good. Uh, I try some moves, I can do it. So from now on, I'm teaching my own parkour certificate. So I think that liberal, complete liberal is also not a very good idea. There, there's got to be at least a little bit of standardization. I think it's good. That's it's it, good. yeah. And it's hard, right? And like you said, you know, the, the parkour community... The structured and the unstructured, they don't want to be too regulated, so we need to find a middle ground. But I think um, the, the important thing for me is that we we always make the best effort to bring people on board, no matter what their standard is, right? So the, the, mm-hmm. the example you just gave of like you know some rich influencer trying to cash in on parkour, 
I would rather try and spend the time trying to engage mm-hmm. in someone with someone like that and get them to understand where they're having an impact. Yes. I think that's probably a better approach than saying you don't have the qualifications, go away, you know, like, you yes, know, and I think that yes, we, it sure. comes back to that thing we talked about at the beginning about sort of the collective shared goal that, you know, there will always be people that don't want to cooperate, but I think that's okay. We can't solve it for everyone. What we can do is bring passion and a smile and a positive conversation and, and understanding and engagement to try and bring those people in. You know, there's lots of people and companies that I'm speaking to right now in the UK who don't have our qualifications, right? And so there are some ways that we can support Mm -hmm. them and there are some ways that we can't, right? We can't, at the moment, we can't offer them our insurance Mm -hmm. because we maybe don't recognise how they coach. But I don't think that means that we can't try to work with them and support them to grow and maybe try and bring them into a better place. So, you know, that the big message for me and all of that is we want to speak to everyone and, Mm -hmm. and... make it move right cool great thanks very much chris that's great man you're very welcome wow what a good talk (laughs) i'm enjoying it but it's time for tic tac i'm so excited i want to be i want to be your fastest tic tac answers right that's my goal because i i love i like it when people talk a little bit longer but it doesn't work right it's not the point yeah yeah, that's not the goal that's not the point as as i said if you keep the foot on the wall you sleep yeah yeah yeah. Okay, so let's go. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Front flips or back flips? Front flip. Brighton or Cambridge? Well, Cambridge. Stay or leave? Leave. <laughs> I'm just being caught. But I'm Scottish, so that means something different. I'm Scottish. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Parkour or free running? Parker. Bell or Fukan? Fukan. Ilabaka or Borslav? Borslav. <sighs> <laughs> okay, you were definitely the fastest. <laughs> <laughs> I've well, I've listened right as well, but I think yeah, no worries. The the leave, the leave thing that was good controversy. You got to remember, I'm Scottish, so there's an independence part of me as well. Although, ah, okay, although I might not have a job if Scotland was to go independent, then I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so leave the UK, but not UK. Leave the Europe. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah, but stay with Europe. Yeah, it's complicated up here, Louis. It's very complicated. <laughs> Good. Thank you very much, Chris. I'm very satisfied with this conversation. Thanks, man. That's so, I'm really nice. pleased that you... Thanks for, you know, getting me on board. I want to have lots of these conversations, so I appreciate you sort oh. of taking a risk and bringing me on. No, there was no risk. Uh, <laughs> I think that my main goal... I think that one of my main goals now on... Uh, on swapping shoes is not only to bring only the content creators who have a lot of fame and followers, but to bring the people that now now we are in this fourth, fifth generation yeah. of parkour people who are creating the sport and making it serious. And it's up to people like you and Callum and all of us to work together and have this dialogue going. So 100%. five years, uh, Camila, for example, uh, here from Lisbon, from Brazilian, but living in Lisbon, She's recently injured and she's having struggles on finding medical support or a potential surgery and she has no no one behind her to help her. Yeah. So I think that these conversations are, are the tool that we can work towards a better future for a super talented 18 years old girl. 100%. So thank you very much. That warms my heart, Thank you. Thank you very much for your work too, okay? Keep it up. 
we're gonna spread this message. I will. Thank you. Okay. All right. All right. So have a great day. I'm going back to paint in my bedroom now. See you. Thanks for joining. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Don't forget to follow Chris Grant on Instagram and all the work of Parkour UK. Make sure that you're part of it and that we can bring parkour to a new level of organization and chances and opportunities for the upcoming generations. If you want to support the Arch Club, you know what to do. Click on the link on the description if you're on Spotify. And if not, just text me on Instagram. Have a great week and I see you by the Zoom again, I guess. Hopefully, yeah, next week. I see you. Ciao, ciao. Fui.